Father, we thank you for the revelation of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the power of your spirit, the truth of to live is uh, to live in you, to live in your spirit is life. I thank you for giving us that revelation today. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to comprehend what really you are saying to us when you tell us to walk in the spirit. Father God, there's been so many years, so many uh, discussions, books written, whatever, sermons preached on that, but we still don't personally get it sometimes. So, Father, I pray that you'd give us eyes to see that the power of your death gave us the power to live. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us also authority uh, to bind and to loose, to love and to forgive. I take authority right now over the powers of darkness. I've tried to keep this mystery hidden and kept the people distracted and overwhelmed because it's kept them from knowing and resting and being and abiding in you, Lord. I ask that those revelation of your spirit working within us would be revealed today to the listeners here and that they would be transformed. I thank you, Lord, for the clarity of our conversation as well, that the enemy will not be able to snatch or subvert or hinder or obstruct uh, the words and the comprehension, the revelation of your spirit for from us to us, to them, Father God, we thank you for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that these are all small things to you because the greatest thing is Jesus Christ walking in his spirit and knowing who you are, Lord God. So we pray a blessing upon our, our, our people, our families, our situations, our circumstances, our health. Those who pray for us, look for help, listen to us, God, that they will be renewed in their encouragement and the old heavy burdens of law and labor would fall off of them and they would walk and live and move and abide in your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for your wisdom, Son of God, and we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we ask now, guide us. Amen. 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 Well, well, where do we begin? This is a kind of a whole new subject area, uh, walking in the spirit, being crucified with Christ. And, um, well, those are terms that we use a lot. It, it becomes kind of Christianese, walk right. in the Spirit, crucified mm-hmm. with Christ. But what what do we really know about that? Well, I've been, you know, I don't usually quote or read out of a book, but I do like the way this man, Secrets to the Spirit, to Spiritual Power, from the writings of Watchman Nee. Um, it is, it, these are compilations of what he has said. Now, Watchman Nee is a very deep, um, but very profound um, teacher of the concepts that we get, we read every day, but don't understand in the Bible. And he says, um, in order to experience the life of Christ in a practical way, uh, a normal Christian life, a day must come, a definite day, uh, as definite as the day of our conversion, when we give up all rights to ourselves and submit to the absolute lordship of Jesus Christ in every area of our life. The revelation of this requirement is the first step to holiness, consecration, and the offering of our whole lives is the second. So in order to walk in that place of complete spiritual power, which we are pretty much lacking, I think, just by the fruit of what we see going on, Mm -hmm. um, 
that we need to re-examine what Christ Jesus is saying uh, about living, uh, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Um, he says, until the lordship of Christ is settled, is a settled thing in our hearts, the Spirit cannot operate effectively in us. And that is the truth, because we don't see the Spirit operating in the gifts, in faith, in miracles, in um, words of knowledge. We don't see that really in a very consistent way. There might be an intermittent glimpse of it, but it's like a very bad connection on a cell phone. You know, you hear every fifth word and it's very annoying and you really don't get a true uh, sense of what's being communicated. And so um, I believe that we're going we're gonna to look at this maybe for today and the next couple of times. Yeah, what happens is that, you know, we, we look at becoming a believer in Christ as something that will make our life better. Mm-hmm. But we don't, yeah. You see, so it's something. It's something we want to add Jesus to, to my life yeah. because my life has gotten out of control, yep. uh, miserable, or you know, it's a Painful. good idea. Yeah. Sure, I'd like to go to heaven instead of going to hell. Um, so, so we kind of grab a hold of that, and we take a hold of Christ as part of our life rather than being our life. Yeah, exactly. Well, in, well let's start out with John. Uh, we have a very interesting situation here in John chapter 12. Uh, very, it's a very, it's almost an incidental incident where nobody even pays me attention. And you say, well, why was that there? That's not even, that's not even really necessary, is it? But it is like the introduction to what Jesus is about to say. So, yeah, in John chapter 12, verse 20, it says, "Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast, and they came to Philip." was from, this is one of Jesus' disciples, of course, Philip, uh, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Now, can I just say something right there before you go to the next verses? So this, these Greeks wanted to see Jesus. It's like they wanted to get his autograph. They wanted to see, you know, to have his autograph would mean something important that they had seen and touched and talked to uh, an, an, an important man. So that must make them awesome and important as well. But it's kind of like that. We kind of want Jesus's autograph, but we don't really want Jesus's life. Mm-hmm. But when, when this is the introduction, so this man, so this is how Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, answered these men who came to seek him uh, and I don't know, to see his works, maybe they'd heard of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. This is later in Jesus' ministry, so a lot of these things, miracles had already been done. It says in verse 23 of John chapter 12, but Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So really, is he sees it being glorified, not, not just as his being death. crucified, mm-hmm. yeah. but mm-hmm. as being glorified. Mm-hmm. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain or much fruit. Verse 25, he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father will honor. Now it seems like, yeah, kind of a an inter- uh, different answer yeah, to the question. We want to see Jesus, and Jesus is talking about a totally different subject. It yeah, seems he, like, he, yeah, 
He, right. You know, in John chapter five, verse thirty, he says, "I can of my own self do nothing." That has been a that's a kind of a theme in Jesus' life. Thy will be done. Looking to the Father, uh, yeah. not my will, but Thy will. Nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will. I mean, his whole life was just surrendering to. Yeah, he put himself in that place of yielding to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. And he was going to be that grain, grain of wheat that was going to fall and die. When a grain, a grain of wheat or a kernel of corn goes into the ground, it is destroyed. Um, it's its identity, its texture, its nature, it's, and it, it dies to bring forth life. It dies to bring forth that shoot, that blade, mm-hmm. um, and so it has to lose itself. And that's what he's talking about. He's going to lose himself so that he can bring forth much fruit, and that fruit is the whole harvest of the souls of mankind. But he's willing to do that because Jesus Christ really understood what it really meant to walk in the spirit. He didn't know any other way. He didn't try right. to he didn't try to be good. He didn't try to follow the Father. He didn't try to crucify his will. And his goal was death. And the goal of his life was to die as a complete and final sacrifice for the sins of the whole world and then to be raised again so we can be forgiven, mm-hmm. so we can be whole, so we can also die to ourselves and yeah. live this new life that Jesus Christ has provided for us. But that mm-hmm. that idea of dying to ourselves. Well he's, what, what what is all this all about? Being, you know, dead Well he says sin and life he who loves God. he who loves his life will lose it. In other words, he who tries to survive and protect and defend and um, be so constantly aware of his own physical needs emotional needs. He who hates, he, he is going to lose his life. He who tries to keep it is going to lose it. And he who hates his life or lets go of it uh, or doesn't regard it with that kind of uh, diligent uh, loyalty, um, he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And then he says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me that where I am there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So this is about following Jesus. This is about dying. Before you can follow Jesus, we have to die. And a lot of times I think that people, when they're born again, they don't really realize what they have actually agreed to. Um, they, they think it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm you know accepting Jesus. I'm making a new agreement. I'm getting my ticket to heaven. Um you know, and we getting don't out of my misery and right. getting into a better life, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. You, you you do in part that's true. You know, you come out of the bondage of horrible things that are going on in your life, and you do have hope, a better life. Mm-hmm. There is hope. There's blessing. Love, there's peace. There's, and yeah. Jesus came that we might have life, and that we might have it more abundantly. But the the way we do that is not by well, we, you know we, living in a um, Perfect. Kind, we, of, a, kind you know, of a dual situation yeah. where mm-hmm. where we add Jesus Christ to our life, or try harder to be good. Yeah, that's that's really the the way the message gets rendered down most of the time is now that I'm born again, I have to be perfect. I, I mean, that's why we didn't get saved away in the beginning. It is. It, it took us a long time because I said to myself, I can't be that perfect. So I was under the un- understanding that to follow Jesus, you had to be perfect. You had to do everything right. You had to. Always, you know, be nice and whatnot, and I just knew that that wasn't going to last very long. So uh, we right. are, we're not saved, really, like you're saying. We're not saved to live a better life in the flesh. We're saved because we have died. 
we have been crucified with Christ. We're, we're exempted, extracted, removed um, from, the, from this world. And that was God's part of God's solution. He had a twofold solution to our, our, our captivity. One of the things was that we were captive in this world, held hostage by the God of this world to do his will. And this caused, you know, great uh, resistance and pain and torment and, uh, you know, everything was difficult. And so when you die and you're now a citizen no longer of this world, you don't, you know, you, we are now domiciling here. That means we're living here, but we're not from this world. We've recognized that we come from heaven. That's part of what it means to die, um, to get out of that bondage to the servitude to the God of this world. Yeah, and G- m- much later in, in the life and ministry of Jesus here on earth, uh, as, as, as a man, as the, the perfect man, as, as the Son of God made flesh, uh, John seventeen fourteen, uh, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This world, he's talking about system, mm-hmm. the world system that's under the control of the wicked one. And he said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Right. They are not of the world, mm-hmm. just as I am not of the world. Mm-hmm. He says, sanctify them, set them apart uh, by your truth. Your word is truth. So we are in this world, this wicked world. Mm-hmm. We're not of it. We're not of the same cut. Yeah. Or nature, as this world anyway, because of what Christ has done. Right. So it's a, it's a, a trans- extraction, it's a transformation. transformation. Yeah, yeah. And he said, we just, you know, and Peter said on the day of Pentecost, save yourselves from this crooked, perverse, twisted generation. So we're living in the midst of this, but then he says, he he's praying that we will be sanctified, that we be set apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how is it that we're setting up? Uh, we're being set apart. How is how how do we do that? Uh, how do, do we that? do that? We a lot of times. Well, that's a good a, call. Oh, stop. So yeah. How do we do that? That is the problem. We sense that there's something uh, that needs to be done. We have to do it. But we think we are the ones who have to do it. Yes. We have to say yes, yes, we have to follow. But the work of, of being sanctification, holiness, being set apart is not done by us or by a demon who's impersonating us or a demon who's impersonating the Holy Spirit to us. It is done through the Holy Spirit himself who has come to live and dwell inside of us. And this is where I think most believers miss it and they just live a dual life. They're trying really hard to be trying. good and they get frustrated. Um, you know, they're trying, you know, they don't understand grace they kind of think grace means that God has done something for me, but law means I must do something for God. They're still trying to mix the two. Well, um, wait, here's the deal. Okay, this idea of trying. I've heard many, many sermons that have um, that word trying in there. All the time. Try. That is a, let's, let's try to do this. Let's mm-hmm. try to reach the law. Let's, let's try to read our Bibles more. Let's try to go to church. Try to do, do better. Okay, do better. Okay. I, th- I think, well, do I'm not better. really doing the way I should be doing, mm-hmm. so I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to, um, the old expression, turn over a new leaf, Try just see if I can improve. Well, no, you know, so, so the basically, the gospel is not a, a program of self-improvement. Yeah, self-help. It's, it's mm-hmm. self It's death. death. It's, the yeah. gospel is a, is a message of death and resurrection. Yes. And, you know, uh, until it says here in this uh, compilation, until the lordship of Christ is settled 
as a settled thing in our hearts, the spirit cannot operate effectively in us. That's right, because because our mind, our flesh, our mind, will, and emotions in our body is still running half the show. I mean, we're driven. We're, we're he's in the driver's seat. The old man, the carnal man, is oftentimes in the driver's seat. If we do not give Christ absolute authority in our lives, though he may be present, he cannot be powerful. The power of the spirit is held back, and this is where we must now transition into the correct way of seeing life, seeing ourselves. Um, you know, a lot of times people don't quit trying until they get into that place of absolute desperate despair um, so that we will stop trying. This is, I think, why a lot of people get pinched in these irresolvable conflicts, these incredible difficulties, health issues, whatever, um, because we, you know, we're, we're exhausted trying to be good. We're exhausted trying to believe. We're tr- exhausted trying to get closer to God. We're exhausted trying to live a holy life. We're exhausted trying to uh, survive in this very corrupt and evil and vile world. Um, well, what about, you know, what about this idea of, you know, self-discipline? Well, you know, that's, that's, that is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. His, his self-control, self-control comes from the Holy Spirit, it not from, from me trying to control yeah. things and be good. Right. So he says here in, uh, um, the sooner we give up trying, the better. For it is only by ceasing in ourselves that we give place to the Holy Spirit, and then we will see the power stronger than ourselves carrying us through, a power stronger. So Jesus knew that when he was going to go to the cross, he had to die. He couldn't do this in himself. He couldn't do this in his flesh. He had to give uh, the Holy Spirit complete permission. As long as we are trying to do anything, God cannot do, God can do nothing. It's because of our trying that we fail. We need to come to the point where we say, Lord, I'm not able or I'm unable to do anything for you, but I trust you to do everything in me. I, I really believe this is, this has been missed. Um, uh, we, you know, so as we think we we have. I I this is the way I thought. You know, I read these things. Oh, yeah, I, I thought that one faulty line of thinking. One more section here, a little bit from this book. Um, is one faulty line of thinking that is prevalent among Christians is this. We know that justification is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ and that it requires no work on our part, but we think sanctification is dependent on our efforts. All about what we do. Yeah, and Jesus really says, follow me and I will perfect that which concerns you. Follow me. So really our sanctification is committing to following the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit, but we really have no idea what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, But, and here's another part, we know that we can receive forgiveness only through our entire reliance upon the Lord, you know. But we believe that we can obtain deliverance by doing something ourselves. And we try harder to go on diets to quit this, to stop that, deliver ourselves, behave, be better, don't do that anymore. So we're trying to deliver ourselves, again, through our own self-efforts and not submitting that fault, flaw, sin, whatever it is, to the Holy Spirit saying, God, get rid of this thing, help me. Um, You know, we're after salvation, the old habit of survival or doing things ourselves reinserts itself, reasserts itself. So we begin, our, uh, we and we begin our old self efforts again. We try to be good to to justify ourselves, um, but you have to remember in Philippians, it is God who works in us, both the will and do of His good pleasure. This is the the critical transformation revelation that believers have to have in order to really be powerful, working, moving in the spirit. So God, it's, it's, 
we'd so many times it's like we're working for God. We want to do this for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, the Lord wants to do it in us. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's what's what he does in us, not what we do for us. But does this mean that we just sit around, we're just lazy and said, okay, Lord, well, if you want to sanctify me, just go ahead and I'm just, here Mm -hmm. I am. Well, no, obviously not because there's, we're alive or dynamic as you abide in the vine. There's a lot that that branch is doing. It's living, it's producing, it's thriving. It's, um, it's being a branch. It's, it's, experiencing the fullness of what it was created to do. and But if you go back to Rome, we all love the verses in Romans 8, um, verse 1 and following, where there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So then we find, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what we could not, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. In other words, I couldn't keep the law. God knew we weren't going to be able to keep the law. He knew we were going to break it. And if you break one element of it, you've broke the whole thing, it says. So if you break, do one thing, you've broke the whole chain. It's all broken. Um, so what the law could not do in that it was weak because of the flesh, our flesh, no God way. did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So we're talking about walking according to the spirit. He says, um, um, for those who will live according to the flesh, that's what this we just read uh, in this summary, um, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So, you know, what are our appetites directing us to? What is our, our, um, our you know, we, I was saying this morning, we, earlier, we live, uh, you know, the sinful nature, the sinful human nature, blah, blah, blah. It's like we live our life in this planet on a slant. You know what a slant is? It's everything slanting downwards. So you're living your life with your feet planted on a slanting slope. And so everything slides naturally towards sin. And so as the, the carnal man lives on that slanted place, God wants to put us on the flat rock, the solid rock, Christ Jesus, so that we're not always slanting towards sin anymore and sin doesn't become our natural gravitational pull. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. It could make sense to some. But he says here, um, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. What am I going to eat? Where am I going to go? What will they think? What's going to happen? I don't know. All these things are the things of the flesh, aren't they? But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the carnal mind is enmity or an enemy against God. This is crazy that we don't realize that when we're walking in that carnal mind, we're actually walking in a place of war or enmity against God. So there's there's like three laws that surround this. There's the law of Moses. Now I think I don't I, I, I think sorry. Forgive me. I said I think uh-huh. rather than well, I know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, You're forgiven. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so there's the law of Moses, right? Mm-hmm. That was Galatians said was our tutor to bring us to Christ. It was kind of like a a preparation time. Uh, for the people of Israel, particularly, mm-hmm. uh, a preparation time for Christ, because all these different components of the law of Moses, all the sacrifices, the the practical um, 
day-to-day guidelines for living mm-hmm. and relationship and justice and all that stuff. All that was just kind of in the midst of a pagan world. This was put in there to help prepare people for the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was, so there's that, there's that law of Moses. And then in, in Romans chapter 7, there's the law of sin, sin and, and death, death. Mm-hmm. that's within us. Yep. And then Mm -hmm. what we're talking about here, Marjorie, is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's and you know what? This is this is the law. This is that God wants us to walk in the law of spirit of life. Yeah, and a law is something a true law. A law of nature is something that uh, it's consistent. Right. Right. It's something that always happens. In other words, it's observable. If you drop if you drop uh, uh, an anvil off the um, Empire State Building, it's Always, always going to fall, fall down. <laughs> That's to right, the gravity. Below. Because of the law of gravity. Right. So <clears throat> we're saved, not saved to live a better life in the flesh. You know, oh, except Jesus, your life would be better. We kind of already said that. Uh, we're saved because we have been crucified with Christ. So to get to Romans 8, you have to go through Romans 6. Uh, we're, we are, we're died with Christ. Um, the flesh remains simply, as Paul says in Galatians 2. Um, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet now. The, the life I live in the flesh with my body still, you know, carrying me, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the grace of the Son of God who gave himself for me. So it's like the flesh still remains like a container or a carrier for the life, but the life that's in that container is now not the life of the flesh, but the life of the Spirit. It's, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ that lives in that container now, the Holy Spirit who allows us to follow Christ and walk in the power of the Spirit. Uh, Galatians, he's scolding them. For, he says, well, you started out right, walking in the Spirit, and now you want to go back to the law. The law cannot give you power. The law only gives you a condemnation. The law only gives you restrictions. The law only, you know, Shows beats you, you up. that you can't keep it. Right. And but so, the Spirit of the law is through the Spirit. The Holy what Spirit. God is really looking for is not just Transform. a whole bunch of rules. He's looking for a transformation. He's not looking for rule keepers. He's looking for a relationship. Right. And the only way we can have a relationship, they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the only way we can have a true relationship with the Heavenly Father is to walk consistently in the Holy Spirit, which means like Jesus, he was talking, walking, doing, thinking, thanking. All he was doing was in response to what the Holy Spirit was leading him to do. So, well, let's go back for a second to Romans 6 and let's define the old man, you know, because the, the carnal man, the sinful human nature, all of that stuff is on one side of the equation. And on the other side is the, 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 the law of life in Christ Jesus and yeah, the spirit man. The, the new man, the spirit The new man. man, yeah. So the physical, the old man, he has that physical body with the appetites, the needs, the lusts, the desires, the, uh, you know, and it's connected to, we are born with not only the body, but the soul, which is connected with the body, which is kind of that decision-making mechanism that is housed in our soul, which is, we use our mind, will, and emotions to make decisions. So those two together, connected together, operating together, are what we would call the old man. And they have been programmed by the, the God of this world, by the things, the experiences uh, in the snake pit. So we are trained up in fear. We're trained up to be worried about what people will think and do, do, will I have enough to eat and how will I make it in this world and what do I need to do for a job. And all of those things are coming at us 
from the, 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 the God of this world who sets everything up to be about survival and behavior. And we lose sight of the fact that we were beings created in the image of God. So, um, so, so sin lives and reigns in the mortal body. In, in, and in that mortal body where sin reigns, sin cre- creates a rottenness in the soul, in the old man, a, a carnal rottenness that actually provides a perfect um, environment for sin and uh, for the the devil to operate and Im- immorality, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like okay, so that place is going to always raise rotten fruit. That place is rotten, um, but but following the law, you know, as many times the gospel has been re kind of interpreted to just be better, be good, follow the law, do the right thing. Um, but following the law does not bring forth righteousness. It never did. Um, and it keeps us under the dominion of sin because the sin gets its, its power, its clout, its authority from the law. And when we break the law, then we become, uh, you know, identified as lawbreakers, um, and the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over us. The law has kept us under the dominion of sin. So let's look at Romans 6 for a minute. Um, we all have to probably continue this again next time. This is a very long and deep subject. Um, what shall we say then? Verse 1, 6 of Romans. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He's saying, shall we just use grace as kind of a cover-up and just keep sinning with no transformation? Shall we just, you know, make the excuse, well, God will forgive me. Well, you know, it's okay. You know, Jesus died. He's, he's died for my sins, so I can just go on sinning. I can just go on, you know, being fearful, being stubborn, being uh, rebellious. He says, certainly not. How do we... How shall we who died to sin live any longer? And he says, how can you even talk like this? How can you, you know, um, you're dead. You died to sin. You know, born again implies that there was a death also involved in that resurrection, born again, um, rebirth process. So he says, how can you even talk like that? How shall we who died to sin, he says, live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Um, where's that scripture about, yeah, baptized into his death? We're baptized, well, in, with Christ, baptized into his death. Um, therefore, we are buried with him. There you go. Buried with him through baptism Unto into death. death. So people make baptism out to be their their. Uh, ticket into heaven. Well, she was baptized in the Lutheran church. She, she was baptized as an infant, whatever. That is only a dedication. You have to agree with that dedication later on. You have to say, yep, when I was an infant, they dedicated me to God. Yep, now that I'm 7, 8, 12, 25, I agree that I am and belong to Jesus Christ and dedicated to him. So you have to renew that dedication by agreeing with it yourself. Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. And it's that kind of baptism that they went through the Red Sea. They were they mm-hmm. they were going on to the other side. They were going over into the finally into the the you know land of promise. Yeah, the land. Uh, there you go. Uh, so just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. I think a lot of us don't think that we died with Christ until we're actually physically dead, and then we'll resurrect in heaven somewhere. Yeah, but basically it's it's uh, death and resurrection, you know, but to identify that when he died, it was our death too. Mm-hmm. When it was, when he was raised from the dead, it's ours resurrection too. So we were in 
Christ. So well, yeah. the, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, He's he a is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So in we're we're in Christ. And so and this so he, is this is not nothing mind blowing that we were chosen in Christ before the foundation before the, the foundation to of do the world. this, to be here. Jesus said, I you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should bring forth much fruit yeah. and that your fruit should remain. We have been known from the foundation of the world. We didn't know about ourselves, but God knew about us. So we extend way beyond where we think we can, we begin. <laughs> but anyway, in verse six, um, so uh, we'll, we'll go back to five. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, that's where we died. We died with Jesus Christ on the cross. Um, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, not thinking this, not trying to figure this out, not trying to hope this is happening, but knowing this, Paul says, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying is we're not depraved, but we're enslaved. We're enslaved. We come into this world. We are born here, brought here, uh, conceived and grown up, raised up here in this in this concentration camp from hell. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that we have, there's an option to escape into the, the spirit of the living God through the death of Jesus Christ. Um, so he says, for we who have died, or he who has died, has been freed from sin. So if a man is dead, he doesn't sin anymore. Mm -hmm. He's free from sin. Um, the death that God is talking about here is to, to the death to the old man. For, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So can we do that now? Or do we have to wait to heaven? No, now, because we realize the truth of what's going on. Here's the deal. It's, it's, this is the truth of the matter, mm -hmm. that we died with Christ. Right. We think, well, I don't feel like it. I don't know if I know that. I, I don't know if I can figure this out. Yeah. But or, I, or if I can it, do this. So, no, we, we died with Christ. We're so, dead. So we have to you know, come to the place where we let that sink in. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then we believe that we shall also live with him. In verse 9 of Romans 6, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Mm -hmm. For the death he, that he died, he died unto sin, died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And he says, therefore, recognize, verse Reckon. 11, mm -hmm. likewise you also Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes. It's like, it's like this reckoning is accounting or considering it as um, dead. Um, and Watchman Nee says again, the trouble with many of us as Christians is that we have changed the channel into which our energies are directed, but we have not changed the source of those energies. We tend to forget that in the matter of handling the things of God, it is not a question of comparative value, but of origin. It's, in other words, it's not uh, what you do and how much of it that you do and how good you are, but where is this coming from? Where, do this, where does the resource originate from? The flesh or the resurrected life of Jesus Christ? Mm. So if we're still trying to be good in the flesh, trying to be, make God happy, and we don't understand the concept of Jesus Christ himself saying, I have to die. If I don't die and fall into the ground and die, this will not happen. Um, that's, so we need to also, what does he say to live? He who seeks to save his life will lose it. He will lose it, will keep it. Mm -hmm. So this is the actual beginning of our life here at this point of death. Mm -hmm. to uh, uh, we're alive in Christ 
Therefore, verse 12 of Romans 6, and this, this begins another whole discussion, but we'll carry it on next week. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. But if you look at that in the Amplified, verse 12 says, therefore, do not let or permit sin to reign as king in your mortal, short-lived, perishable body that you should obey it in its lusts and evil passions. So it's really separating us out from the lusts and the evil passions um, that operate in us. And so again, the, the to reckon the old man dead, a dead man doesn't sin, um, knowing that we have been um, crucified with Christ. That's the way, where it had to begin. It had to begin with us laying down, letting go, allowing ourselves to die. We don't like to die. We don't, dying is... Something we want to want to avoid, but you know, if you really realize you've already died with Christ, then it's already been done. Mm-hmm. The pain is over. The cross. It, it, Jesus came off the cross, so we came off the cross. In the, when He resurrected, we that resurrection power He imparted to us. Now He says, "Go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, mm-hmm. raise the dead." It is with that resurrection power of the Spirit mm-hmm. of life in Christ Jesus that we now can go forward. And until we do that, all we're doing is working really hard, trying to be good and make God happy and keep the law, which is basically holding us and trapping us in the place of sin. Lord, bring us into this place now mm-hmm. that we are in that place. And if we just we need to realize it, it comes by the truth and, and the revelation of, of Jesus Christ that we are dead. We have died with you. And we're alive now with you. We've been raised from the dead that we no longer would uh, live in the, the old graves of, of, of sin and, 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 and frustration e- e- and, and even fear. A, even as, as believers mm-hmm. trying to do what, we, what, what we're supposed to be doing and rather than, it, the, Lord, let it be spirit working spirit operating not spirit led uh, not, not, not purpose us, driven <laughs> not us driving we're not purpose driven mm-hmm. we're to be spirit led amen so help us lord yes father we thank you Give for us this your understanding yes this revelation this. we this. need your holy spirit to even reveal yeah. these Let wonderful things to in us our, in our spirit yes. that we will know this mm-hmm. and live according to this and well then we'll be able to abide and then things won't be so hard and we won't be so easily traumatized and made anxious and fearful because we will know that all things work together for good to those who love God and that we will complete the desires of our heart which is your desire we'll walk in the spirit we'll have fellowship with you like Jesus did and because your spirit has connected us your Holy Spirit that dwells within us so Father we thank you for the spirit of God we thank you for making us aware of it and making us know K-N-O-W know that we have that spirit abiding in us that spirit of life and truth in Christ Jesus and this is this is um this is imperative. This is transformative. This is imp- that we get this now. We've struggled too long under the law as Christians, as believers. Let us be released from the jurisdiction of hell and walk in the power of your spirit because we need to now more than ever. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let check us out at liferecovery.com. Uh, Marjorie Cole. You can check out our YouTube channel as well. We have a lot of stuff going up there these days. Um, even some stuff from Romania. It's kind of interesting. We're doing some interviews with uh, Romania regarding parenting and the war on children. So check these things out. And if you want to go to the bookstore, um, what do you want to pick? There's many good things. Um, taking the devil to court, the basic primer of how to understand how we've been jailed, imprisoned by the enemy. And then the cravings. 
very popular mm-hmm. book. Oh you know, yeah. Why why I do what I don't want to do. That's perfect. You you thought of that craving. It's a book. It's also a CD. So, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week and walk in the spirit. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.